Hey, hey, hey. Good uh, evening, Echo Casters. This is Echo Craft. Um, was unable to have Zach join us, um, but uh, that's okay. I got a lot to talk about. I went to the NAM show uh, this past weekend. It was awesome. And uh, I guess I was a NAM virgin. I am no longer a NAM virgin. Uh, <laughs> I actually uh, have um, been, I guess you would say, like a horse broken in. Um, I know that was horrible. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I went to NAM. Uh, my lovely wife and I uh, uh, embarked on the NAM show. And I posted a ton of stuff on my Instagram account about it. Met some really interesting people, some really cool people, and saw a boatload of gear. Um, I didn't get to see everything. I was a little overwhelmed. My brain was a little, uh, how you say, exploding at the time, I guess, um, because I wanted to see a whole bunch of stuff, but I didn't get a chance to because it was just so much. It was crazy. I have a better plan for next year because I intend to go next year. Hopefully, I'm going to be going to the uh, NAM show, uh, the summer NAM show. This was the winter NAM show 2019. I'm hopefully going to go to the summer NAM show 2019. Um and uh, that should be pretty cool, I hope. Uh, I know it's smaller than this one. Uh, but the next time I do go to the Winter Nam show, I am going to be more prepared. I was not prepared. Uh, people told me I was going to be overwhelmed, and I had no idea what they meant by that. And let me tell you, I was overwhelmed and um, blown away by the fact that there was just so much to see and do, and I didn't get a chance to do all of it, like I said. Um, this place is the size of probably a football field with three levels. And uh, those of you who have been to NAM, you know what I'm talking about. If you've been, you know, when you went for the first time, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I didn't get a chance to see as many. Um, synthesizer uh, vendors as I would like to have. Um, apparently, uh, some of the synthesizer companies that I wanted to see. Uh, oh, and by the way, this podcast is uh, called Echo Cast by me, Echo Craft. Um, and uh, it is a podcast of electronic music synthesizers, music and technology. And I didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of synthesizer stuff. Um, I saw what I saw. I went to Autoria. I went to, I saw um, uh, Korg. I saw Roland. Um, uh, I think that was about is all I saw for synth stuff, man. A little disappointing, to be honest with you. I saw Waldorf. Um you know, when I remember Nick Bat on Sonic State talking about uh, when he went to NAM uh, last year or a couple of years ago, he said it was just one whole floor of just synths and, and modulars. I didn't get a chance to get to the modular section, although I heard that it was very small. Uh, I wanted to go, 
but because of the situation of just being my mind being blown in other places, uh, I'm a drummer. That's my forte. Love drums. So I got kind of hung up in the drum department because uh, I was actually blown away at how many companies there were out there that I had never heard of before even. Um, and then the big boys, you know, like Ludwig and, and uh, Zildjian and those guys, you know, I had a chance to go and check their stuff out. So I was I was pretty preoccupied and blown away about how much stuff was there. Um, so I, um, you know, I did, I, I didn't get to see, I, apparently what happened was uh, Behringer, Moog, Moog had their own offsite place. I don't know if it was in LA or wherever, but it was in a house or a building or something. Um, and it was by appointment only, which, um, I don't know about you guys, but to me, that's a little fucked up. Um, I really don't understand that. Uh, I could have made an appointment, I guess, and went. Um, I did get to see uh, Sequential's uh, little booth. Literally, it was in the ticket booth office of the NAM Convention Center. Um, and uh, Behringer um, and... Moog, uh, and a, and a couple of other companies actually, they had like this pre NAM showing, uh, on Wednesday, uh, in LA. So they weren't even connected to the, uh, to the NAM convention center. So you had to go to LA for that and you had to do it the day prior to NAM opening their doors on a Thursday. So I just thought that was kind of fucked up. Um, so I really wanted to go to the Behringer uh, booth, but there wasn't one. Um, and if there was, please, somebody let me know, because I searched high and low for it, and apparently there wasn't when I was there. Um, but I got really pissed off uh, about that because I was like, you know, I support these companies. I'm not a, obviously I'm not a store or retailer. Some people ask me how I got to NAM. Um, I couldn't tell you, uh, you know, I, I I couldn't tell you why they would ask me that, but I could tell you how I got to NAM, and that was through the Recording Academy, through the Grammys. Um, I don't know if you can get into NAM without having something like that. I know I tried before, and, and there was no way I would be able to get in unless I worked for like a music store or, or, or a company or a vendor. Um, so I don't know. That's the way I got into NAM. But anyway, uh, I was really disappointed because I support these companies. I buy their gear. I play their gear. Um, and I was a little, uh, I was a little upset that, that, you know, they weren't around and I didn't get a chance to see them. So hopefully in summer, Nam they'll be there. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, I know Dave Smith was there from sequential and it was awesome because I got a chance to actually go in and talk to him and meet him. I took a picture with him. Uh, that was really cool. Um, you know, I took a picture with a couple of different people, uh, Strymon Engineering, great people, uh, love Strymon products. They actually follow me on Instagram now, which I'm really excited about. Uh, went and talked to people in, um, uh, saw people in um, uh, Earthquaker Devices. That was interesting. Uh, my wife and I couldn't find their booth for quite some time because they weren't in the location they said they were going to be in. 
Um, so we went everywhere. It took us like an hour to find their booth. Finally, we found it. Very cool people went and checked out their stuff. Again, I posted a lot of stuff up on uh, Instagram, and I actually did a full-blown uh, video that I'm hopefully going to be posting this evening up on my YouTube page. Um, so yeah, uh, it was it was quite a th- quite a thing. Um, I, I again was really blown away um, by how how cool Strymon was um, because they've always liked everything I've posted. And then they started to follow me and that blew my mind. Um, so thank you, Strymon, if you're listening. Uh, thank you, Earthquaker Devices. Uh, and these are pedal companies. These are people who make guitar pedals, but, you know, uh, synth- synth- synthesizer enthusiasts and professionals use pedals on their keyboards as well. I know I do. I love it. Um, I just did something really interesting uh, before I left Finnam. And I, what I did was I hooked up. Um, I have a, a Roland uh, SL or a Boss, I should say, SL20 audio patent processor, which basically it's, it's called a slicer. Um, and I took that and I took an out of my, uh, my drum brute impact. So I took the out of the FM synthesis um, on my drum brute impact, plugged it into the slicer went out of the slicer into a TC Electronics uh, um, Trinity or Arena pedal or Hall of Fame, I guess it is, um, pedal, uh, and uh, have that going directly into um, my board. And it's really cool because I got this rhythm pattern happening in sync with uh, with using the slicer Um and being able to get some interesting stuff out of that FM synth engine that's on the drum brute, drum brute impact by Atoria. So, you know, that was kind of cool. So it's just another example of what we do when we use pedals, um, you know, with, with keyboards and drum machines and stuff. Um, but anyway, getting back to Nam, I got a chance to check out the new, uh, mini lug uh mini log or whatever you call it, the XD model, the new one that just came out, it's all black. Um, that was really interesting. I got a chance to throw some headphones on and play with that. Um, that's got some really cool features. You know, do I want one? No, actually. Um, I liked it. It's kind of like a a mini prologue, <laughs> a prologue, I guess you'd call it. Um, I, I'm, you know, it's okay. Uh, I thought it was cool. I really liked the way the build quality was. Again, it's a it's a mini log, but with the prologue some prologue, uh, prologue, whatever, however the fuck you say these names. Um, it has some features in it from the prologue. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I liked it. I was playing with it, like I said, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but do I want one? No. Um, I'll be honest with you. Even I, I went and checked out Autoria's uh, Micro Freak. Um, that was interesting to me. That was an interesting little keyboard. It's got a touch plate. Uh, instead of actual keys, it kind of reminded me of the um, the Wasp, um, which is a very old synth uh, that came out, and it had a touch plate as well for keys. Um, so it was really dirty and grungy sounding, and it was very interesting actually. So that one that one has my curiosity up, but again, you know, I really thought my my gas meter was going to be really high going there and expected to go, Oh God, I want this. Oh God, I want to buy that. Oh geez. I have to have this. And I'll be honest with you. Um, 
I don't really have any of that right now. Um, seeing it in person, being able to touch it, play with it. Uh, yeah, I don't have any desire really to purchase anything, um, which is kind of shocking, actually. Um, I just before I left, um, uh, just before I left, uh, that was my wife butting in. She said, makes a happy wife. Uh, yeah, so she knows what it's like being married to somebody like me. Um, you know, I, uh, synthesize enthusiasts were, we just like to buy gear. Um, I think all musicians like to buy gear, but I think we're a little bit more out of control because of all the neat and fancy sounds that we can get out of these cool products. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just bought before I left, uh, for Nam, I just picked up a uh, Dave Smith instrument, um, or sequential, uh, a profit rev two, um, which I freaking love this synthesizer. I played one in New York. I talked about it on the podcast before and, uh, I absolutely love this synth. Um, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. The, the, the build quality, the design. Um, I've got some killer, killer synths in my studio now. Uh, still one of my favorite synths um, is, uh, well, there's a couple of them actually, but I really like the DeepMind 12. I get a lot of really cool sounds out of that. Um, I use that mainly for pads. I will be using Dave Smith's uh, Rev 2, the Prophet Rev 2 for pads. Um, it's got some really great sounds in it. Um, and I'm playing it right now as I'm talking to you guys. Um, it's a very nice synth, very nice feeling synth. Um, so yeah, so, you know, it's, it's like I said, the gas meter isn't as high as I thought it would be. Um, I am interested a little bit into the, uh, Torrier, uh, micro freak because I thought it was cool. I'd like to literally uh, be able to sit down with it and play with it. I hope, um, you know, my local guitar center gets one in so I can actually sit down and mess around with it and see what it's capable of doing. At NAMM, um, one of them wasn't working. Sorry, Atoria. Um, it was funny because I had a Korg rep behind me uh, from the Korg booth who was actually uh, wanted to check it out too. So he was behind me watching me mess around with it. And I looked at him. I said, I can't get it going, man. I said, can you? And he was like, I'll give it a shot, you know, and he unplugged it and plugged it back in and basically got it to work uh, for a short amount of time. And then he said it wasn't working again. So, you know, but there were two others that were there and these two guys were going off on, on using them. And I didn't get a chance to actually, it wasn't going to stick around too long um, so I could get my hands on one. Uh, and so, you know, I didn't really get a chance to hear it and play it, but I've seen videos of it. I saw Sonic State did a whole thing on it. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, I did, however, get a chance to play with the, uh, Korg Volca modular. Um, that was really interesting. Had those little kind of patch cable things that came with, uh, uh, the work stat, um, the, by Moog. It had those little patch cables that, that came with that. So, uh, I was playing around with that. It was kind of interesting. Um, not my cup of tea. Um, wasn't really, I wasn't really into that. Um, it was cool, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's not what I was really, I didn't, I didn't really, uh, just a little patch cable things kind of bugged me actually, to be honest with you. Um, 
and the other thing was the uh, the digital drum machine um, by Korg, uh, the Volca drum machine. Um, that one piqued my interest. Of course, you, you all know if you've heard this podcast uh, that I actually love uh, love drum machines. I've got a few of them. Um, I put a couple of them away, actually. My main drum machines now are my TR-8S, my Drum Brute Impact, and my TR-8 I kept. I like that drum machine a lot. Um, so, But the Volca drum, actually, um, that, that piqued my interest. Um, it was very simple to play. It had some really interesting uh, sounds. Uh, it has a cool little screen on it. So that one there, I don't know, that kind of made me go, hmm. Um, I will tell you, there's a company called Sequence uh, that puts out, uh, they make racks, and they had, the way they had the Vulcas set up on this rack, it looked like a modular system. Uh, so that was really interesting, and they were all plugged into one another, and, and they, you know, they were all working together. So actually, I found that very, very interesting. Um, so I'm going to try try looking up that company. Um, I'm going to do it while I'm talking. Um, they're called sequence i believe uh and they were uh korg was demonstrating uh using their their uh their stands to show off their gear their their new gear so that was kind of cool um but yeah uh again not really um not really i don't know uh wasn't really like blown away by uh, the synth section. Um, I don't know why. Uh, there, it was very small. I was didn't quite understand that. Um, so uh, I thought there would be more at NAM. But again, some of the bigger companies, uh, they had this pre-NAM thing. And, and Moog was totally out of the picture. The Moog Foundation uh, was there. Um, the, the Bob Moog Foundation went and visited those guys really interesting story. Um, I got to meet, uh, the gentleman, uh, that was one of the, uh, owned one of the original mini Moog, uh, not, not mini Moog, uh, Moog modular systems. Um, and then it was really cool because he walked in, uh, he was there and in walked this guy, uh, his name is Don. I forget Don's last name, pardon me. Uh, but Don was the original owner so this other gentleman had purchased that synth off of Don. Don actually had bought it from Moog. It was built for him by Bob Moog. Uh, so that was really cool. That was interesting. Uh, again, because of my overwhelmed total shell shockism of the show, I had bought a camera rig uh, for my phone to bring to Nam, uh, And I got it the day before I left, and I was psyched that it came in that quick. And I put it in my backpack and I had all intentions of taking it out and interviewing because it came with a nice shotgun mic. Had all my all the the fortification of wanting to, you know, interview these people. And um, yeah, I totally blew it, man. I didn't even interview uh, Dave Smith. Um, so that kind of sucked. Um, yeah, just, you know, wasn't. It it wasn't a good a good um, what's the word? It wasn't a good moment for me uh, at that point in time. I completely wanted to take it. I I wanted to take it out of the backpack and use it each time, but 
but I was just so overwhelmed and blown away by, uh, you know, by, you know, by, uh, seeing Dave Smith and, and, and not having, uh, you know, not, not being able to, well, just, just being starstruck basically and overwhelmed by everything. So I didn't take it out and use it at all. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and it was really stupid and, um, I shouldn't have, I should have done it because I could have gotten more footage and, and really pressed hard. Uh, I should have planned better when I planned for the vacation to go to Nam. Um, I got there Thursday opening day. We didn't get there till like 10, two, two, two o'clock, two 30, um, stayed until six left, uh, went, got something to eat, went to bed, woke up the next day, did some more stuff, uh, at the show, you know, until close, the next uh, on Saturday, didn't get a chance to, to go to the show, had some other things I had to take care of. Went to see the Tech Awards that night, saw Peter Frampton uh, win the Les Paul Award. Uh, that was awesome. And he played and uh, saw Herbie Hancock give out an award uh, to Leslie Ann Jones, who's a fantastic engineer. Um, and she's worked. she works right now for George Lucas Studios. Uh, Skywalker Studios. So that was really cool seeing her get the award. A lot of history there. Um, uh, just, you know, it was, it was really cool. The tech awards were cool. And then Sunday we flew out. So I didn't, I didn't really have spend all four days there. And um, next time when I plan better, I'm going to, I'm going to leave on a Wednesday, get there, thir- uh, wake up Thursday, go to the show, Friday show, Saturday, day of rest, get my stuff together, go back Sunday, and then leave on a Monday. So that's what I plan on doing next time. I didn't plan very well for this one, um, but that's okay. You know, I got a taste. I saw what it was like. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, again, next time I will definitely break out the camera rig and, uh, you know, try to go to town interviewing some people. And, you know, here I am standing at the the Bob Moog Foundation Museum and I've got these two gentlemen who I'll probably never going to see again. Uh, they were older gentlemen uh, that I could have interviewed and I didn't. And they were telling the story while I was standing there and I didn't even have my, my phone out recording it. So without the camera rig or with the camera rig, I could have recorded the whole thing and it would have been awesome. But, you know, I'm a boob, I guess. I blew it. Um, yeah. So hopefully. Um, you know, I'll be able to do more, like I said, next time. Uh, if I go to the Summer Nam um, or, you know, Moog Fest even, uh, I intend to, I would really like to go to <clears throat> to the Bob, Mo- the Bob Moog Museum. Um, I just think that would be really cool um, uh, because uh, the, the way they said they had it set up, uh, it looks really, really awesome. And there's going to be a whole bunch of instruments there that you'll be able to play originals too to boot, uh, which is going to be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good time, um, and, uh, did a lot of walking, which was awesome. Um, my feet and legs are killing me cause I'm, I'm old and out of shape, but I got to tell you, it was nice to walk around, especially in the sun. Everybody was back here freezing. Uh, and now I'm back here and it's, uh, you know, was it 12 degrees out right now? 11 degrees. Um, but yeah, it was nice walking in the sunshine and, and, and looking at palm trees and stuff like that. Cause we don't have stuff like that here. And, um, that was pretty cool. Um, 
but yeah, so, you know, uh, I got to see Carmine a piece. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Carmine is. Carmine is a drummer. Uh, he's been, he's played with a bunch of people, uh, Rod Stewart, old school sixties bands, uh, like vanilla fudge and bands like that. Yeah. So he was there. So that was pretty, that was pretty awesome. Actually. Um, we met him, bought his book, took a picture with him, talked to him for a little bit, showed me pictures of, uh, of, uh, his brother, Vinny, Vinny, a piece who actually played with black Sabbath and, and uh, a couple of heavy metal bands and, uh, showed me when he was little and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and, you know, basically, uh, saw a lot of rock stars, actually a lot of people, um, you know, who I didn't think that I would see. Saw a lot of, uh, really, really awesome drummers. Um, I mean, I'm talking like these guys are like heavy hitters, yeah, you know, uh, in the heavy metal bands. Um, so that was, that was cool. Um, you know, I just kept picking them out saying, Oh, I know that guy. I know who that guy is. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, I wish, I wish Zach could have made this, uh, podcast. I told him, you know, to do some research and stuff and he said he did, but I don't know where he is. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but yeah, so it's just me tonight. Um, what else would I was, was I going to say? Uh, yeah, if, if you do ever have a chance, anybody has a chance to go to the Moog show, uh, the Moog show to the Nam show, please, by all means go, it'll blow your mind. Um, but I'm not a, I'm not a, a Nam show virgin anymore. Uh, you know, I actually, uh, I got my Nam wings, I guess maybe that's what you'd call them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, it was a good time. Um, what else can I talk about, man? You know, uh, right now I am drinking a, uh, I always mention this. I'm drinking, um, a Cape Cod cranberry, uh, dry soda. Very good. Very healthy. All antibiotics in it and vitamin E and, uh, antioxidants and all kinds of stuff. Good stuff. Not antibiotics. What an idiot. Mm. So, uh, oh yeah. So I did, like I said, I did check out, uh, where is it here? Yeah. I checked out the Waldorf Kyra. Um, that is a very interesting synth. I remember the gentleman who had shown that, I think last year, and Waldorf, he, he was by himself. And I guess what he did was he teamed up with Waldorf um, because it sounded a lot like uh, a virus, uh, the virus synthesizer, not, you know, a virus sickness. Um, but, yeah, so I guess Waldorf picked up on this guy and they built the synth. And from what I understand, it Again, there was somebody messing around with it. There was only one there, and I wanted to play with it. Didn't get a chance to. Was going to swing by the booth later, and somebody else was messing around with it. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm very impatient um, when it comes to that stuff. I didn't want to wait around. You know, like I said, there was a guy that was uh, sitting on the uh, micro freak at, uh, at Autoria's booth, and he was playing. He was going to town with that thing, you know, and I was just like, you know, let somebody else have a try, man. You know, he was on there for quite a while. So that's why I walked away. I said, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm 
not going to sit around and wait for this. And I, and I literally mean he was on for a while, you know, so I was just like, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to try the Kyra out. Uh, it looks really nice. It looks the build construction looks really nice on it. Um, I, I've yet to see any videos on it yet. Um, I did hear some samples of it, sound samples, and it, it sounds pretty cool. I, I, you know, after a while, a lot of stuff, you know, like presets kind of start to sound the same to me. Um, so I, that's why I like to dig my heels into a synth and, and try to come up with my own. Uh, there are some guys out there, though, like um, Geo Synths. Um, you can download patches that he makes. I know um, Bo Beats makes his own patches for synths. Um, uh, Ken Flux with Flux with it, he does too. So there's, there are people out there making some really cool patches. If you're not into that and you just want to load some presets up, I bought GeoSynths um, uh, DeepMind 12 patches because I really, really, really liked what he did. Um, and I, 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 what I do is I go, I go in and I actually tweak, uh, some of his, uh, patches. Um, I really like what he did. Um, so yeah, if you, if you're into just, you know, not, you know, not recording, I mean, not, uh, creating your own, you know, it's kind of cool to actually, um, uh, you know, uh, go in and, and download some stuff that somebody else has done and then play around with them. Like I've done, I've, I've, I've gone into some of his pads and actually, uh, tweak them a little bit to, to my liking, and uh, and 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 he encourages you to do that. I mean, you know, what the hell? It's just a patch, right? Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, you know, and uh, you know, I encourage people to definitely look into other people's stuff like that. Um, and it's very hard work to create a patch from scratch. So think about these guys that have done that, and they've done you know, uh, you know, 128 patches, uh, for four banks, you know, that's a lot, a lot of, uh, synth stuff that you gotta sit through and, and, you know, change filters and oscillators and, and, uh, you know, make it, uh, make it your own, you know, and, and, and envelopes and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I've done it. I like doing it. It's fun. That's what, that's what synthesis is all about is coming up with your own patches. Uh, one of the things I like to do, especially with um, the Profit Rev 2 that I have, um, that thing's a lot of fun to program because it's all right there in front of you. Um, like the Matrix Brute, the Matrix Brute's a beast. It's there's it's so much fun making a patch from scratch on that thing. It really is. Um, but yeah, so uh, on the Dave Smith Instrument one, or I should should call it sequential, but uh, yeah, that. That thing, I mean, I just go in and just stop messing with stuff. And the onboard effects on that are really, really nice. Uh, some people complain about the onboard effects on this instrument. But I think it's cool. Um, I'm just playing around with it now as I'm talking. I can't keep my hands off this synthesizer. That's, that's one of the things that's really funny about it. Um, but yeah, so anyway... Folks, uh, you know, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard doing a podcast when you're by yourself, uh, but I'm probably going to be doing a lot more of this. Um, I've done a few by myself already, uh, but that's okay. Um, again, I don't know where Zach is. He's missing an action. 
Uh, he's usually my sidekick. He usually has some stuff that he throws in there as well. But anyway, um, yeah. So please uh, subscribe. Uh, check it out. Check out our podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. I actually uh, hopefully we'll have some more stuff. Um, and please go on to my uh, subscribe to my YouTube page, uh, Echo Craft on YouTube. Um, and which is, uh, if you don't know how to spell it, it's Echo, E-C-H-O, and then Kraft, K-R-A-F-T, like Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Echo Kraft on YouTube, and I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. So please check out that stuff. I also have a Patreon page if you guys want to check me out on Patreon. Um, and please subscribe. And uh, I'll get some new music coming out as well. If you haven't heard my latest sing- single, it's uh, it's called Nothing to Lose. You can check it out on Spotify. Uh, and you can check it out on uh, any of the streaming um, uh, the streaming applications like uh, uh, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Inst- uh, what is it, uh, Amazon, you name it. We're out there, man. Um, but yeah, so check out my new single, Nothing to Lose by Echo Craft. Um, and I'm uh, going to be releasing some new music again soon. And uh, we hope to have you guys join us again. So that was uh, that was NAM 2019 wrapped up into one short segment at about, uh, I don't know, what are we doing here? Let's see. Uh, we're at 33 minutes and 43 seconds. So, again, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Talk to you later. Peace out. Thanks.